InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. These days, millions of Americans are grappling with the problem of finding a job. The employment crisis has hit our nation hard, and experts say it may take years for the problem to ease. Our next guest shares a nonpartisan, hype-free explanation of what caused this crisis and hopefully how it can be fixed. Let's welcome Scott Biddle to InfoTrack. You're co-author with Gene Johnson of the book, Where Did the Jobs Go and How Do We Get Them Back? Scott, let's start with the numbers. How many people do you estimate are directly affected by the employment crisis? Well, nearly everyone, because it ripples out throughout the whole economy. For each unemployed person, there are lots of other people depending on them. But if you look at it this way, the Great Recession alone took out 8.5 million jobs over the last few years, which is enormous. But we also have to worry about the longer-term trends of technology and globalization that are really changing the underpinnings of the work life in America. And that affects almost everybody. So is it likely that this will get worse before it gets better? Hopefully not worse, but it does mean that it's going to take a long time before we get back to what we used to call normal. If you look at the projections by the government, people like the Congressional Budget Office, they're not projecting us to get back to pre-recession unemployment levels till 2016 at the earliest. And quite honestly, when you look at these significant changes in the nature of work, it's going to take a long time before things stabilize again. There's always going to be some unemployment in the country. What is a reasonable amount when you say pre-recession levels? What's a reasonable amount of unemployment? Well, I guess what's reasonable depends on where you fall in the statistics. I mean, we're never going to be at zero unemployment. That is not a possibility. The question of what full employment is, the lowest you can go, seems to vary a bit in circumstances. A lot of experts are saying what we should be aiming for is something in the neighborhood of 5 5.5%, but that does move around. It's been lower and it's been higher in the past. Now, some people say their real unemployment rate is more like 20%. What's your take on that? Well, there's no question that there are lots of people who don't get counted. And for a very simple reason, that if you stop looking for work, the government stops counting you in the statistics. But we know the problem is bigger than the official statistics. We all know that a recession hit the country pretty hard a few years ago. Is that the main cause of all this unemployment, or is that too simple an answer? I think the big problem is that we have two things hitting us at once, and either would be huge. One is the Great Recession that's coming out of the financial crisis of 2008 that's still with us. And as I said, we're talking about 8.5 million jobs lost right there. But the fact is, the jobs machine in this country was sputtering even before that. If you look at the past 10 years, we only broke even on job creation. And that hasn't happened in decades and decades. And that's because of these bigger picture changes in the nature of work. Technology is automating a number of jobs. Technology is also allowing more jobs to be done anywhere. Anywhere in the modern world can mean overseas. Globalization is a big factor here. So there are a lot of economists who argue one of the biggest trends is the idea that we can do more work with fewer people. That's great for productivity. It's not so great for the people. 
We're talking with Scott Biddle, who is the co-author of Where Did the Jobs Go and How Do We Get Them Back? Scott, the question of how do we get them back, could you talk about some ways that we might be able to recover from this employment crisis? Well, we look at a number of the different options, and from a nonpartisan point of view, we give the pros and cons in each so people can make up their own minds. We look at things like education, particularly in the area of science and math skills. We look at improving the nation's infrastructure, which is really important for building the economy in the long run. We look at the arguments over the federal budget. I think our real trump card here as a nation really is innovation. If you look at who's creating new jobs, the amazing thing is that most new jobs are created by new businesses, businesses that are less than five years old. These are people coming up with new ideas, taking chances, building new things. That's the kind of thing we really need to encourage. And the plus side is this is something America is very good at. We have an entrepreneurial culture. We have a lot of intellectual capital. We have a lot of creativity. So that is really our ace in the hole in the global market. Some of the things you talked about, education, infrastructure, those are more long-term solutions, but I suppose innovation is something that could be engineered on a more quick basis. What would we have to do to encourage that? Well, you're right. We have a long-term problem and a short-term problem. And much of a political debate, unfortunately, is focused on the short-term problem. But if you're talking about encouraging innovation, then we do need to think about what are the barriers, if any, to starting up new businesses. What perhaps we need as we re-examine things like the tax system, regulation, and so on, to put things in place that help people start up new firms and take chances on new ideas. We also need to continue to build up our intellectual capital that we are a place where people can try things and come up with new ideas and exploit them. One of the things you didn't mention is immigration. Are illegal immigrants perhaps affecting the employment of Americans? Obviously, this is a very contentious area. One in seven American workers is now an immigrant. When you say that, you mean? People not native-born Americans, people who have come here, both legal and illegal. So a very significant part of the population... What about the factor of people who are employed, but perhaps in their previous job they were a vice president and now they're working at the counter of McDonald's? Obviously, they're still employed, but things have changed dramatically, right? Absolutely. And one of the things that's most troubling and that we're not talking about enough as a country is the loss of kind of those middle class, middle income jobs. There's been a lot of discussion lately about Apple, for example, and that's a very interesting example when you look at something like the iPhone, invented in America, designed, engineered in America, produced overseas, then brought back and sold here. Apple's creating design jobs and engineering jobs in America, and they're also creating retail jobs, all those Apple stores. But the manufacturing is going on elsewhere. And unfortunately, the manufacturing was one of the pillars of middle-class American society for a very long time. That's the troubling part. We need to think about how we get people up the ladder when those jobs aren't around. Scott Biddle, author with Gene Johnson of Where Did the Jobs Go and How Do We Get Them Back? And you can visit his website to learn more at wheredidthejobsgo.org. 
Scott, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack today. Thank you for having me. Enjoy talking with you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.